Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hey, ladies, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Are you having a great summer? I hope that you actually had a great 4th of July. That was, let's see, last week already. I can't believe that the summer has gone by so quickly, but nonetheless, it has. But I hope that you have been able to get out and do some of your favorite summer things. And if you haven't, I hope that you have them on the calendar to do before the fall comes and and school resumes and all of the schedules and and those types of things. But this week's episode is going to be a big one because I have a really big announcement. If you listened last week and maybe even a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that there was a big announcement coming and I'm actually going to be sharing that piece of information, that big announcement in this week's episode. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you will probably feel somewhat lost because I'm picking up where I left off last week. I'm going to be reading a couple of passages of scripture in this week's episode. One is from Genesis chapter 12 and some of Abraham's story, then from Numbers chapter 9 and how the people of God followed him. Again, so I'm going to be jumping right back in to where we left off from last week. So some of what I'm going to be talking about this week, if you didn't listen last week, can I encourage you to maybe go back and listen to last week's episode? Because like I said, I'm going to be picking up right where I left off last week. So We talked about Genesis chapter 11, and when we left off last week, we left Abraham and his family, including his dad, um, his father, Terah, in a land called Haran. The, The Lord had called Terah, Abraham's father, to leave his country, and he was supposed to lead his family, and they were on their way to the promised land, but they reached this land called Haran in uh, Genesis chapter 11. And we see that Terah just sort of stopped. He stopped there. And so I want to pick it up from there, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. And before I start reading, like I said last week, you know, we we are familiar with Abraham and Sarah by those names, Abraham and Sarah. But if we aren't real familiar with their story, we miss that they were actually called Abram and Sarai. And then later on in, in the book of Genesis, God actually changes their name from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. I don't have time to get into that and the spiritual significance to that. I've actually preached a couple of sermons on the importance of that that place in in Abraham and Sarah's life and how it impacted their faith and then drawing it and applying it to our own faith, but I don't have time to get into that, but it is important to really kind of pay attention to that when God changes, when God changes names. But when we jump into Genesis chapter 2, 12, Abraham, uh, his name has not been changed yet. And so he is still referred to as Abram. All right, so let's pick this up in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Abram, get up and go. Leave your country. This is God speaking. Abram, get up and go. Leave your country. Leave your relatives and your father's home and travel to the land I will show you. Don't worry. I will guide you there. I have plans to make a great people from your descendants, and I'm going to put a special blessing on you and cause your reputation to grow so that you will become a blessing and example to others. Verse three, I will also bless those who bless you and further you in your journey and curse those 
who curse you. Through your descendants and all the families of the earth will find their blessing in you. All right, I want to go back to verse one. Abram, get up and go, leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home and travel to the land I will show you. Out of all the descendants of Noah, God chooses Abram to have a special relationship with them. He calls Abram to enter into a particular kind of relationship that changes the course of his life and the lives of his people forever. God has a plan to rescue the world from sin and destruction, and that plan begins with one man. He promises to make Abram a great nation, to bless and protect him, and ultimately to bring true and lasting blessing to the world through his children. But if you look at verse at verse one, Abram, get up and go, leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home and travel to the land I will show you. To enter into that promise, Abram must do something daring. He must leave everything he knows and put his trust in God. And remember, remember, this was an unknown future. He didn't have a complete roadmap. He didn't have all the answers to his questions. The the blueprint didn't arrive in in Abram's uh, mailbox before he decided to give God his obedient yes. Because we read in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, God said, go to a land I will show you. So Abram, Abram didn't even, didn't even know what was ahead, really. I mean, he probably understood that when he was traveling with his father, Terah, that they were going to the promised land. But this, this future and all of the play by play and all of the specific details, they were not made known to Abram before, before Abram gave God his obedient yes. He said, to a land I will show you. As I mentioned last week, Haran was never the destination. The promised land was, but his father Terah stopped and settled in a land that he was only meant to pass through. Abraham and Sarah would be given a promise of a child. And you know what? I find it very interesting. The promise didn't come until after his obedience to leave. Don't miss that. That is really important to leave the comfort and familiar to a land that God would show him. Man, what faith, what trust in the Lord. So many things can be drawn and applied from this passage of scripture. But one main point is that if you and I are going to follow the Lord completely, we will have to unfollow the world. Sometimes following the Lord looks crazy and it doesn't make sense to people observing our lives, but we each need to determine and settle it within ourselves that we will count the cost because it's worth it. And God is always worthy of our obedient yes. And often the cost is the thoughts, opinions, and being misunderstood by others. Of course, there are just a, just a plethora, uh, just a really great long list of other things that we will have to count the cost if we're going to be all in and follow wherever the Lord leads us. I don't have time to list all of those things, but this is part of the cost. Will you choose to follow the Lord? Or will you choose to follow man? Will you choose to listen to God's voice and make that the loudest in your life? Or will you choose the opinions and the narrative of mankind? The cost is often the thoughts, opinions, and being misunderstood by other people. Because if you're going to follow the Lord and you're going to, you're going to give him a holy surrender of your life, we, we need to understand that we will be misunderstood. People aren't going to understand. People aren't always going to be supportive. People aren't always going to stand up and applaud your decision to follow the Lord and go wherever he's leading you to be all in in your faith. I did a whole series on things to expect when you choose to go either all in in your faith or you follow the Lord into the new thing that he is doing in your life. And that was an entire episode that you will be misunderstood 
you will be misunderstood, but you know what? God is worth it. God is worth counting the cost and giving him our holy surrender and being misunderstood by people. Because I would rather be in the place where God wants me to be than be in a place because that's where man thought that I should be. Again, in last week's episode, I mentioned that comfort and familiarity will become our spiritual haran if we aren't careful. If you go back and you listen to last week's episode and I described this Haran that Tara and his family, that they stopped, there's nothing wrong with with stopping, but they settled there. They settled in a place that was not God's best for them. And often, as you will read last week's uh, title to that episode, good is often the enemy of God's best in our lives. Haran was was a good place, but it wasn't God's best. The promised land was the destination for Tara and his family. That was that was the destination that God had for him, but he settled instead in Haran. He stopped somewhere where he was meant to pass through and he settled there. And then I applied that to our lives. How can we apply that to our own modern day lives? The thing is, is we can become settled in our own spiritual Haran if we aren't careful. We will settle in areas of our faith and lives when the Lord wants to take us further. It requires us to use divine discernment to know when the grace upon a season has lifted. Our spiritual Haran will always suffocate our calling. Don't miss that. Wherever we settle in our faith, when we know that the grace in our life has lifted and God is um, wanting to take us somewhere, somewhere else, that he is wanting to take us further. He's wanting, he's wanting to take us out into the deep. He's, he's calling us out into the deep, deep calls unto deep scripture says, and he's calling us out a little bit further, a little bit further out away from the safety, the familiarity and the comfortableness of the shoreline. He's saying, come out here unto the deep. But you know what? If we allow fear to rule us and we we base our decisions and our obedience to follow the follow the Lord. If that is rooted in fear, our answer will always be no when God says it's time to go. Right? Our answer will always be no when God is saying this is the time to go. And we instead will stay where it's familiar, we'll stay where it's comfortable, and it will suffocate our calling. Another passage of scripture that I want to read is from Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. And I'm taking time to read these passages of scripture because they've, they've really played just a crucial part in this announcement that I'm going to be sharing with you here in just a few minutes and the decision to follow the Lord, to let go of what has been comfortable, what has been familiar for me and launch out into some deeper waters where the Lord is leading me. So Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. When the congregation tent was finally erected and assembled, the cloud of the presence of God covered it and the place where the terms of the covenant were kept. In the dark of night, the presence of God looked like a fire and marked the spot until morning. And so it continued, cloud cover by day and something like fiery storm clouds at night. Verse 17, whenever the cloud lifted up, the Israelites would pack up and move. And wherever the cloud stopped, they would settle. This is how God indicated when the Israelites should travel and where they should set up camp. As long as the cloud stayed still over the congregation tent, the Israelites also stayed at their tents. Verse 19, when the cloud remained many days over the tent, the Israelites stayed there and served God. When the cloud remained only a few days, they did the same. They always followed the command of God, whether staying or leaving. 
verse 21. Sometimes it happened that the cloud remained in place only through the night. So in the morning, they would get going again, day or night. In this manner, they went as God directed, whether it was a couple of days or just a month or even longer. However long the cloud covered the tent, the Israelites stayed put. But when it lifted, off they went again. So it was that the Israelites obeyed God's command. When God indicated that they stop, they stopped. When he directed them to move, they moved. They served him exactly as God commanded them through Moses. Okay, if you're not familiar with this passage of scripture, I just want to give a really brief background. The, the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. And after many, many years, many, many years of crying out to the Lord, praying and believing and living in bondage, God, God said, I've heard their cries. I've heard their prayers. I've heard their pleas. I am going to send a deliverer to deliver my people out of bondage and lead them into the promised land. And of course, God chose Moses as the deliverer. And, and so Moses went and delivered the people out of bondage in, in Egypt. And after many, many pleas with the Pharaoh, and you can kind of, you know, read about all of the plagues and all how all that happened. But eventually, Pharaoh let the people go and Moses led the people out of Egypt. And in their leading, in their wandering, <laughs> which is, um, it was supposed to be an 11 day journey and it turned out to be 40 years. There's a whole entire message in that because it was their murmuring and their complaining that kept them wandering around in the desert for 40 years when after 11 days, they should have reached their promised land. I mean, hello, somebody. There's a whole message in that that I don't have time to get into. But nonetheless, this is how God led them by, by a cloud during the day and a fiery pillar of, at night. And so when the cloud moved, the people moved. If the cloud stayed, they stayed. And as we read, sometimes it remained just a couple of days or a month or even longer, but however long the cloud covered their area, they stayed put. But when it lifted, they moved. When the cloud moved, they moved. Here's the thing. Following the Lord, it involves movement. Following the Lord involves movement. The cloud represents the presence of God. In this passage of scripture and other passages of scripture in the Bible, the cloud represents the presence of God. So in other words, when we read this passage of scripture from Numbers chapter 9, what we are reading is that when the presence of God was moving, the people were supposed to respond and follow him, follow the presence follow the Lord. Wherever the Lord is going, they were supposed to go and follow along. They were not, they were not to stay put, that they stay here and God's presence goes up there. No, no, no. God was saying, when I move, when you see the cloud move, my presence, in other words, when you see me moving, I want you to follow me. I want you to be obedient and I want you to follow me. I want you to let go of how you think that this should go. I want you to let go of your ideas, your, your logic, your sense and reason, your comfortableness, your, um, your familiarity, your, your time frame. I want you to let go of all of that and follow me. I want you to put your faith and your trust in me and follow me because I have a really great place that I am leading you to, but it requires you to have faith in me, to let go of things, to trust me and to follow me. Reading this passage of scripture, we see that if God's people were going to stay close to his presence, walk in the plans and promises of God, they needed to stay in step with the cloud. And you know what? It's no different for you and I. If you and I are going to stay close to his presence, if you and I 
are going to walk in the plan and the purpose that God has for us. If you and I are going to walk in the promises of God, we will need to stay in step with his presence, to stay in tandem and move in tandem with the spirit of the living God. And when the cloud moves, we move. It's human nature to view God's grace lifting on a season of our lives through the lens of that's it. In other words, this that's all there is. There's nothing better. Nothing better is going to come along rather than, you know what? I'm being led somewhere and I'm being led somewhere that is good for me because I read that God's plans for me are good and that they're filled with, with, with hope and, uh, and, and good things for me because God isn't leading me. God isn't leading me somewhere that is going to be a dead end. God isn't leading me to defeat. God leads me triumphantly. He leads me in victory and he leads me to, to somewhere else that is going to be good for me. Amen. A place where I will find God's grace upon that new season. When we view seasons ending through the lens of human nature rather than the lens of faith, we often hold on to it because we're fearful of an unknown future. But what I've found in my 30 plus years of following the Lord, every time he has led me out of something, he has led me to something better. And this, my friend, is a holy surrender on my part. And you know what? It's a holy surrender on your part too. I don't think that anywhere, anywhere do we see that God does our part and that we can just kind of check out and he'll just kind of do it for us. I don't see that in scripture. I see that we have a part and he has a part. We can't do his and he won't do ours. It requires us to activate our faith, to let go of the things that might be holding us back from following him and trust him and and follow wherever God is leading. And that requires a holy surrender on our part. I think it's important to remember that the Lord isn't impressed with man's titles. People are, but God isn't. And often what looks like demotion is actually a promotion. Here's the thing, you know, we're, we're, we're living in this world. You know, we, as people of faith, we, we live in the world, but we're not of the world, right? We understand that we're just passing through here, that we are citizens of heaven. This is not our permanent place. This isn't our permanent home. Somebody say, thank you, God. I don't know about you, but I am, I'm ready to go home. (laughs) I am ready to go. And with all of the with all of the prophetic things uh, being being fulfilled that we read in scripture that are being unfolded and and fulfilled in the world right now spiritually speaking i can hear the footsteps across heaven's floor jesus christ is coming back and you know what i um, I'm ready for him. I am ready for him to call my name and I'm ready for the church to be raptured. But it requires us to let go of our attachment of this world and to not look back when he is calling us forward. And oftentimes, oftentimes in this world, one of the things that we will have to let go of is being impressed with man's titles man's positions man's climbing the ladder if you will and the and all of all of that and everything that it entitles and you know it's it's just it's nauseating i have been in ministry for 21 plus years and the number of times that i have grown nauseated by hearing that you know that we need to be we need to be pushing our titles and everybody needs to know about how educated we are and get you know like i know people that have gotten really upset and really offended because they weren't called pastor like somebody referred to them by their name and, instead of pastor and i mean it just like just it went really, went really bad and, and they would get offended and they would, you know, get a chip on their shoulder and develop this, this attitude. And I just would look at that and I would think, wow, you know, what are you wrapped up in? Because you know what? You're more than your title. 
You're more than your role. I My identity is not found in any role or title that I might fulfill because you know what? Those things are subject to change. My identity is found in the changeless one of Jesus Christ. Titles stroke man's egos, but will always leave our souls dry and dusty if that is our main focus. We are wise to understand this life we live is to be lived by faith. When we choose to give the Lord our obedient yes and follow where he leads, we have to be prepared to walk away from the familiar so that we can be positioned for what he has planned for us. And every season has a purpose. Every single season has a purpose, even the hard ones even the challenging ones, even the ones that we find ourselves walking through the valley. That is a season and it has a purpose. When that purpose ends, we have to follow the cloud. And you know, I just want to interject really quick. That passage of scripture is found in uh, Psalm 23. It's a really beloved Psalm of many. I really am so blessed and so comforted by it. Many, many of you probably even know Psalm 23. You probably maybe even were raised memorizing Psalm 23, maybe in your Sunday school class or your, your parents helped you memorize that Psalm. It's really familiar to many people. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We are familiar with it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's the thing there. We, When we talk about, and as I mentioned last week, about settling in a place that we were meant to pass through, man, you know what? When we talk about a season that might be hard and might be challenging, don't allow yourself to get stuck there. Yea, though I walk through, keep going, keep going, because you know what? The cloud, which is the presence of God, it hasn't settled and hasn't gotten stuck in the valley. It is wanting to wanting you to keep to keep following it through the valley. So I I don't know, that wasn't even in my notes. So for whoever is listening and you are in a really hard season right now, you need to keep going. You need to keep going, putting one foot in front of the other, following the cloud, which is the presence of God, but also asking yourself and allowing yourself to sit with the Lord and having an honest conversation with him and asking him, God, what do you want me to learn in this valley season? I understand. I've heard multiple times that every season has a purpose. And I believe even if my feelings don't necessarily match with what I'm saying, but I believe God that you are good and that you do good and that you are not trying to, to condemn me. You're not trying to push me and beat me down into the ground so that there's, so that there's nothing left in me. I believe that you have a good plan for me. And sometimes that plan includes walking through through difficult, challenging seasons that are really stretching my faith. And so, God, I want to ask you, what is it that you want me to learn from this challenging season? What is this season producing in me? What is being further developed on the inside of me? How is my character being refined? How is my character being developed? How is my faith being stretched? How how are the roots of my faith going deeper and being further established in you? How is this how is this deepening my prayer with you, my prayer life? How is this, how is this enriching and, and deepening my, my times of worship to you? How, how is this, how is this valley season that is really costing me a lot in my faith and just really stretching me? How is it, how is it helping me to draw closer to you, God? Because I want to know you more. And I don't want this season to just be full of my grumbling, my complaining, my murmuring. I want to glean and, and squeeze everything out of this, out of this season that I can, because I know that it's going to produce something in me that is needed and that's going to help me to grow. So ask yourself, get with the Lord and ask him to reveal to you how he's using this to grow you. Again, that wasn't even in my notes. I had no intention of going there, but whoever is listening and needed to hear that, that's for you. Every season 
has a purpose. And when that purpose ends, we have to follow the cloud. In other words, the presence of the Lord. If you listened to last week's episode, you will recall I described my last few months as a divine discontent. Not disconnect, but discontent. I have spiritual disciplines in my life that keep me connected to the Lord. So make um, make no mistake. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am very connected to the Lord. I am not disconnected. There's been a divine discontent on the inside of me. And I kind of went into that last week. But there's a deep longing within me for the more of God. And I just have to say... I I love that. I I am really leaning into and I've been leaning into it for the past several months, leaning into this divine discontent and I I have been so appreciative and just really just tapping into the value of this divine holy discontent because you know what that is a, a beautiful reminder to me that no matter how long we serve the Lord we never reach the pinnacle and the end of our faith and reaching higher in him and going out into the deep with him and discovering all there is to discover about God I am I am over 30 years in following the Lord, and I am grateful that there's more, that there's more, that there's deeper places in the Lord, that there's um, higher places in my faith that I can reach for. I love that, and I am here for it, and I am leaning into it. There's been a shifting in my ministry that only can be defined as the cloud is moving, and with that, so must I. The Lord has shown me multiple times that the grace upon this season of my ministry has lifted. And so with that, I am laying down this podcast and she rises so I can pick up what the Lord has for me next. It isn't that I won't ever speak from a stage again, but when I do, I really believe that the cost I've had to count in this last season It will be seen and it will be heard. The pressing of this past season has produced an oil that cannot be weighed by this world's value system. I'm more interested in the deep and holy things of God like I never have before. And I just have to say, you know, I I don't say this like in in a prideful boasting way, but I have always been like a a deep person. I've always been a deep thinker. I've always been going after the deep things of of faith and the deep things of God. I've never, ever been satisfied with fluff. I've never, ever been satisfied with surface type conversations or fluffy surface type preaching or even books or podcasts or anything like that. I've always been a person of the deep. So to say that I'm interested in the deep and the holy things of God like I never have before. Man, that is telling me that, you know what? The Lord is calling me to something that is deeper than I've ever been before. And here's the thing. I believe that each of us, we've been created for the deep. You've been created for the deep things of God. You were never created for surface fluff. You were never created for just mere drive-through type Christianity. That's not what you were created for. That's not what I was created for. We're, we were created for the deep. We were created for the deep things of God, the deep things of faith. And, you know, I've known people who were so afraid and attached to seasons that they gave spiritual CPR just to keep it going. Even though they were exhausted, they were frustrated, they were disappointed, and anything else that you want to add as an adjective, but they were just so attached to that. Their their hands were so close-fisted that they just kept giving CPR to keep the thing going. 
And you know what? I don't want to do that. I have always been someone, I've said it here on the podcast, I've mentioned it in different interviews and probably even in messages that I've given somewhere along the road over the last um, many years of ministry, that I lead with open hands. In other words, God, I don't want to be so attached to something that you have to pry my hands open to to get me to follow you and to lay down something so that I can pick up the new thing that you are that that you are adding to my life and that you want me to lay a hold of. I want to lead with open hands saying God, I just want to be wherever you want me to be. I want to do whatever it is that you want me to do. I want to go wherever it is that you want me to go. And so that requires me not only to have a holy surrender, but to lead with open hands. It would be easy for me to keep She Rises and this podcast going. I mean, I could I could continue to just slap together podcast episodes just to say I have a podcast. I could do that just to say that I, you know, I have a podcast. Woo, look at me. I have a podcast. I, I'm connecting with women all over the world in the online space. I could continue to just open up the Bible and slap together a message and keep hosting events, or I could keep pulling out messages over the last 21 years of, of speaking God's word and, you know, keep trying to revive and, and give CPR to old things and, and just to keep things going because I, you know, I've seen how the Lord has moved in the past, but you know what, if he isn't in it, then you know what, it's on me. It's up to me. And you know, I am fully convinced that that is not only unwise, but it is not impactful for the kingdom. It is, it is unwise and it is not impactful for the kingdom. God's grace, God's, God's blessing, God's favor, his anointing is not upon it. Then it's on me and it's up to me and it's up to my own sense and reason. And it's up to my own strength, my own efforts and my own energy. And you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I've seen other people, other people do that. And if I'm going to be honest, in the last 21 years of ministry, there have been times before I really fully understood what it meant to move when the cloud moves and, and to understand the importance of, of discerning when God's grace has lifted from a season. And I have been someone who has tried to give spiritual CPR to something. And you know what? It left my soul dry and dusty. It left me disappointed and frustrated because there was no fruit from it. There was no lasting fruit from it. I was just feeding my own ego. I was feeding my own soulish and selfish appetite and God was not in it. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. The biggest question that I know is going to come is about She Rises. I'm honored by that. I'm really, really honored by that. The Lord has allowed me to host these women's events, uh, annual two-day women's conferences and one-day events where I took the message of She Rises to not only areas here in Minnesota, but We've been to North Dakota. We've been to Wisconsin. I've been to Iowa. I mean, God has just allowed me to take this message and like go out into the masses. And I have loved that. And I've been so honored, been so honored to be able to steward this ministry over the past several years and how I have seen the Lord move in this ministry. Man, I, it just cannot be cannot be measured cannot be weighed by the value system of this world and i really believe that while i do i do see and i am aware of the fruit of this ministry i really do believe that only heaven will be able to show me and tell me and count and measure the true fruit that came from this ministry but I think that in letting go, it's important to honor what was, but to release it, 
to release it, to lay it down, like I said earlier, so that we can pick up the new thing that God wants to put into our hands. But we can't do that if we're leading with clenched hands. If our hands are so clenched, we're white knuckling, (laughs) you know, we're white knuckling our our attachment to to how God has been using us in in this in this current season and God our hands aren't open and so he can't he can't place within our hands the new thing that he wants to that he wants to give to us because we're so white knuckled and clinching what we know and and what what we have been what we have been attached to and so i think that in this transition of letting go and you know fully turning and laying a hold of the new thing that god wants to do it's important that we honor what was and what does that look like so for me for example i I have been honored to be able to host She Rises, to be able to host conferences, to be able to speak life and to speak truth into the, into the hearts and the lives of women. I, I love that. And I still have a deep seated passion for that. And so I, I don't know that that is necessarily gone. I think that, I think that it's really important to, to understand that oftentimes, the message doesn't change, but the method does. Okay. So the message does, doesn't change, but the method does. God is doing a new thing. And it's important for us to understand, even when Jesus was talking about in, in the gospels, the, the parable of the old wine and the new wine. Man, we can't pour new wine into old wine skins. <laughs> because it's going to burst. It can't contain the new. And so we have to let go of the old and, and that letting go of the old is honoring what was. And so I, I honor what was, and I honor how, how God has moved and how God, God has impacted the lives of, of women. And I, you know, just, just some major fruits of this ministry that, that I am so grateful for is the number of salvations. Come on, somebody. The number of women who have either made first time decisions uh, for salvation in Jesus Christ, or they have rededicated their lives and, 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 you know, decided, you know what? I really haven't been all in. I kind of backslided and, and I, I want to return and I want to go all in and live my life for Jesus Christ. I am so grateful for that. I am grateful for the women who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I am grateful for the physical healings that have taken place through She Rises. I am grateful for how the Lord has not only healed physical bodies, but how he has healed mentally in the lives of women, how how he has healed emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, how he has set women free, how women have been awakened to, to their purpose, how women have been awakened in their hearts, have they been awakened in their faith. I'm grateful for how for how the Lord has helped women to let go of their attachments to this world so that they could be aligned to to biblical principles and how they've been activated in their God-given calling and activated in their God-given potential. I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for how some of the fruit of this ministry has been, you know what, women have started picking up their Bibles and reading their Bibles again. Come on, somebody. I mean, the the far-reaching impact that the Lord has allowed to happen through this ministry, I honor that. I honor that. But you know what? The Lord is pouring out new wine and he isn't going to pour it into old wineskins. And so the cloud is moving. And with that, so am I. So am I. I need to move. I need to move. So I'm never saying never. I'm never saying never, but I will only do it. I will only host annual conferences. I will only host something under the umbrella of She Rises if he makes it abundantly clear. 
I don't want to, again, I don't want to just have something to say, look at me, I'm doing something. Look at me, I'm killing it for the kingdom. Look at me, I'm doing something. Look at me, I'm I'm hosting conferences. You know what? I have never been about that and I ain't about to start now. Hold up, grammar police. I know that I use the word ain't. It's okay. <laughs> Please don't send me emails and tell me that I need to brush up on my grammar. I don't I don't even read those emails and you will not get a response from me. But what I do know and what I can say with complete confidence is that if there will ever be another She Rises, it will most likely be different. You know why? Because I am different. I am different because of the oil that has been produced through the pressing of these last months in this previous season. Let me repeat that for an encouragement to you. You apply this to your own life if you are in a season of pressing. In other words, you're in a season that is really stretching your faith because it, it is producing something in you and our eyes need to be opened and, and become aware and awakened to that. If I ever host another She Rises, it will most likely be different because I am different because of the oil that has been produced through the pressing of this season that I have, am coming out of. So I, you know what? I already have some previous engagements on the calendar there for 2023. There are some upcoming podcast interviews that I have agreed to that have already been uh, put on the calendar. I have some speaking engagements at women's events that are coming up later this fall and just a, a couple of things within the prison setting that I have agreed to. And I am going to keep those because I am a person of integrity. And I do believe that God said, yes to those things back when I agreed to, to be a part of those things, when I accepted those invitations, because I don't just accept invitations just to accept invitations because I don't have a need to be needed. <laughs> and so I count the cost. And is, is this something, God, that you want me to be a part of? Is this something that you are calling me to say yes to? Because everything that I say yes to means a no for something else. And so adding weight to my yes is very wise and it's important. So I'm not going to, not going to cancel those things. I'm not accepting things that I don't feel God's grace upon. And I've actually declined a lot of invitations as of late, um, different speaking engagements, podcast interviews, to be in leadership in certain capacities, because I just don't feel God's grace upon it in, in this season that I am entering into. And so I have been declining some, some things and they're great things. They're really good things. They're things that I support. They're things that I believe in and I know the people. And, and so it has nothing to do with, with the ministry or, or the people. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with where God is taking me. Okay. And so. I don't know. I, I hope that, hope that I get to see you around. I hope that I will hear from you every now and then. I'm not going to fall off the face of the planet, but I, I just am going where the Lord is, is leading me because the cloud is moving and I want to move with it. I don't want to lag behind. I certainly don't want to run ahead, but I do want to be in tandem with him and with the spirit. And I recognize that the grace on this season has lifted. So I don't necessarily know if I will be hosting another She Rises. Perhaps I will, but only God knows. And I, I like I said, it will be different because I am different. And the fruit of the pressing from this last season that I'm coming out of has produced oil. And you know what? That oil, it will, um, the pressing, it will crush you. But you know what? When you think about grapes, you know, the, the pressing, the crushing of those grapes, what is produced from that? 
Yeah. So when you, when you look at scripture and you, and you really begin to understand what the pressing, how it bears fruit in our lives and that without the pressing, there is no oil. You can look it up in scripture. It is in the Bible. It is biblically supported that, that, that there is oil that is produced through the pressing. So be encouraged if you are in a pressing season. Uh, be encouraged to follow the cloud. When you see the cloud moving, follow the cloud. Even if you have questions, even if you have fear, even if you feel afraid, do it afraid, but follow him. Follow him afraid if you have to, but follow because you know what? He's not only worthy, he's trustworthy, and he will never lead you into defeat. He will never lead you in into a dead end. He will never lead you into a ditch. He only has good things ahead of you, and the best place for you to be is directly in obedience to wherever he is leading you. Amen. All right. I love you. And I will always believe in you. I will always believe for you. And I will always champion you forward. And just a little quick note as I'm wrapping up here. This podcast, even though I'm laying it down, it's not going anywhere. The podcast will still be available. Uh, I just won't be recording any new episodes for a while. Um, maybe God will will grace me to pick it back up again. But in the meantime, the podcast will still be there. There's over 150 episodes on this podcast that will champion you forward and help equip you to step into everything that God has for you, no matter what season you are in. So again, take advantage of, of the podcast. Go back, filter through. There's a lot of great content on here. There's a lot of great interviews. I've had a lot of great guests on the show that I've had the honor of hosting and they have added value to the podcast and to the listening community. So this podcast is not going anywhere. You can still get resources on my website. My website is not going anywhere. You can still order my books. The free downloads are still available on the resources page of, of the website. And you can find all of that by clicking the link in the show notes. All right. Take care. I love you. Have a great rest of your summer and stay close to the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.